So this is, let me give you the seed thought for this um, series that we're going to be going into and the image that came to my mind. I moved to Greeley um, in, in 2001, so a long time ago I moved to Greeley. Uh, the first job that I got here in Greeley was I worked pipeline construction. I was a welder helper. So buffing off welds all day, it was good hard work. Someone, someone clapped. Okay. Welder helper, yeah, because he's a welder. And, uh, you know, tough work outside, um, buffing off welds, helping the welders and all that. But I, this random story popped in my mind last week, which I don't know if I've thought about this since it happened. But I remember the welder I was working with, he told me this story that sometimes... If, if people are disgruntled with the oil or natural gas company that they're working for, people actually have done things like this where the pipe gets welded up, it's been pressure tested, it's ready to go on the ground. That's the only thing left, but someone will go out there at nighttime if they're mad at the gas company and they'll like go underneath the pipe and drill like some holes in the pipe just to, you know, just to be a jerk, you know. And I remember him telling me that story, and that, that image popped in my mind last week that there was a pipe with some holes drilled in the bottom. Of course, once you bury that pipe, it's going to be hard to, you know, I, you know, got to dig all that back up and find the holes and fix them and all that. It's a big pain for everyone. Lots of money wasted. And I remember that story uh, popped in my mind last week. I was like, that is a totally random story to be popping in my mind. And what I felt like the Lord was revealing to me is that there's those little things in our life <clears throat> that steal the life, the joy, um, the resource from our life. And um, <clears throat> again, I didn't, I didn't know if that was a, a word that I was supposed to give last week, but I concluded that it was actually a series that the Lord wanted me to talk about. I feel like he wants us to do a few weeks and talk about stewardship. And so when I say stewardship, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your time, your energy, your money, your body, stewarding your mind. Your mind is a tremendous resource. And so um, this week, um, I want to hone in on stewarding our time. All right? So um, I think you'll find that this is a timely message. All right? Okay. That joke was slightly better than the first one. Okay. Title of my, the title of today's message is, It's Time. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time. All right. I don't want this to merely be a time management message. That's going to be super boring. But rather, this is, what I, this is what today's message is. I want us each individually to think, I want you to recognize the purpose for the season that you are currently in. All of you are in a season of life. We're all in a season of life. And what the, what the question I want us to answer is, recognizing the purpose for the season that you are currently in, the, the season that you're currently walking through. Um, <clears throat> in First Chronicles, uh, King Saul kind of goes off the rails, and God had determined to transfer the, the kingdom over to King David, okay? And so <clears throat> um, there's a list in, in First Chronicles 12 of all these different tribes that were defecting over to David's army. And each of them, <clears throat> excuse me, each of them, uh, in First Chronicles uh, 12, each of them, uh, there's a list of what was so great about each, each uh, tribe. And so um, some of them were, um, and usually it was some like amazing warrior kind of trait. So uh, it lists a tribe and, and some of them were brave warriors. Some of them were good with shields and spears. Another tribe was, they're very experienced. And then it gets to First Chronicles 12, 32. It talks about the men of Issachar. And this is the affirmation they received. It says, from the men of Iskar, men who understood the times and knew what they should do. So two things. They understood 
what the, time, the times that they were in, the season that they were in, and they understood what the Lord wanted them to do. And I just want to say to us today, there is a specific purpose for every season in your life. You're in a season of life, and there's a specific purpose for the season that you are in. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 8 says this, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather them, a time to embrace, a time to refrain, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak. That's a good one for us to learn, the difference. Verse 8, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So today's question to keep in mind, what is the purpose for the season that you are currently in in your life? Okay, I'm going to give you four things today. Number one, how to understand the purpose of the season that you are in. Number one, look through the lens of vision. This is really important to start with the big picture, the vision that God has for your life. Naturally, you and I will steward our daily time better when we see our lives through the big picture. Having a vision, knowing your purpose, um, knowing your destiny and the desire to leave a legacy will actually help you steward your time in this moment better. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says this. It says, where there is no revelation, or the King James Version says vision, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Okay, so where there's no vision or there's no revelation, people live unrestrained lives. Kind of like, it's just hodgepodge. Where there's no vision, there's no revelation, it's just kind of whatever be will be. You're just kind of drifting through your life, right? But if you have a vision for your life, you know where God's calling you, we know what he's doing with you, you will live restrained, right? Another example of this, like with your money. If you don't have a vision for your money, like your money's gonna go every which direction. But if you have a vision for your money and you have a plan for your money, right, you're going to live with some restraint, right? Um, another, another one, like if you, if you don't have a vision to take care of your personal health, you're probably gonna eat whatever you want, you're not gonna exercise, you're not gonna get enough rest, you're not gonna take care of the one and only body God gave you, right? So we need to have a vision for our health. We need to have a vision for our finances. Um, people who don't have a vision in their lives, they typically will just grasp at the next best thing that's within reach. Metaphorically speaking, we all have things within our reach, within arm's reach of our lives. And if you don't have a vision for what God wants to do, you'll just grab the next best thing, the closest thing to you. Let me give you an example. Um, people who are single... They want to be married, right? That's not a bad thing. That's a natural thing. But many times people are so discontent with this, the season of singleness that rather than having a vision for the person that God wants you to marry and being the person that you, know, you need to be to marry, you're just kind of like, oh, you'll make me happy and you'll pull that person to you and then actually this person will make me happy. You know? And they go to the next one, oh, you'll make me happy, right? That's not, a, that's not having a vision. Having a vision for the kind of person you want to marry is... is imagining the, the attributes, the things, uh, the qualities that that person should have. And then what happens? Then you'll pass all kinds of opportunities along the way because you have a vision for where you need to go. Amen? 
Same thing with career. Um, if you have a vision for a career that, that God has for you, you won't just take the next best job that's right around you. You'll, you'll make plans to go down the road. You'll pass opportunities along the way to get where you're going. I'll give a disclaimer to this, though. If you don't have a job, get a job. <laughs> you got to pay the bills somehow. <laughs> I'm, I, I think technically I'm not considered a millennial. I was born in 1980. They say millennials are people who were born 1984 and later. So by that definition, I guess I'm not a millennial. But this is one thing. Millennials actually desperately want their life to matter. They want to make a difference. One thing they have a problem with many times is they're paralyzed by like, well, I don't want to do that job because that's not going to be fulfilling to me. And so they're kind of waiting for the perfect job. Well, listen, you got to get a job where you're at, obviously. But in the midst of that job, you can work hard and still make plans and go to school and that kind of stuff because you have a vision for what's down the road. Is this making sense? Okay, so it's very important to have a vision for our lives. Um, The application here, if you have no creative direction for your life, you need to sit at the creator's feet and get some direction. If you have no creative direction for your life, sit at the creator's feet and dream with him, dream with God, and let him inspire you, let him motivate you, let him give you vision for your life, and then head in that direction. Amen? Okay, so that, number one is look through the lens of vision. Number two, to understand the purpose for the season that you are in, is to view time as a tremendous resource. All right? View your time as a tremendous resource. Okay, let me ask you a question. Is money a resource? Yes. Is your body a resource? Is your mind a resource? Is time a resource? Absolutely. It's one of our greatest resources that we've been given. Let me ask you another question. Does the enemy want to attack your money? Does the enemy want to attack your physical body? Does the enemy want to attack your mind? Right? If the enemy wants to attack all these things and your time is a resource, then you can bet that he absolutely wants to attack your time. We need to think of our time as something to be defended. Your time actually has a bullseye on it. The enemy wants to steal and waste your time. Um, Let let me illustrate this another way. If you're being sued by someone and audited by the IRS and someone stole your credit card, you probably conclude like, oh my gosh, my finances are under attack right now, right? Um, If you broke out in boils, you broke your toe and you got sick, you would probably conclude... Oh my gosh, my body, my health is under attack right now. Um, if you couldn't concentrate and you start having panic attacks and all of, all of these insecurities start rising, rising up in you all of a sudden, you would probably conclude, oh my gosh, my mind is under some kind of demonic attack. <clears throat> Yet when we spend two days playing Xbox, watching TV all day, or we're hanging out on social media all day, we're like, oh, I'm just, I'm good, you know, I'm just hanging out. I'm just chilling. No biggie, right? Right? Or, or when we give all of our time to certain people that we're not supposed to be giving our time to, it's kind of like, oh, we're just, we're just hanging, you know? We don't see that sometimes as, as, a, as the enemy has a bullseye on our time and he's trying to attack and steal your time away. And we need to view it that way. We need to consider our time as a tremendous resource that the enemy tries to attack. Now, disclaimer on all that, obviously, we need to have downtime, we need to have rest, it's okay to enjoy things and have recreation, but we also need to take inventory of the time we're spending with certain things. I recently did a, did a uh, update on my phone, the new iOS update, 
and there's this little new feature on the phone. It tells you how much screen time you've been, you guys have this? It tells you how much screen time you've been having the last week or whatever. It tells you if your percent's gone up or down, and then compares you to like the average. And it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a sobering thing right there, how much, like taking inventory of how much screen time you have. This is a huge thing in our culture, by the way. It's like an epidemic that people are spending so much time on their phones, like Apple even recognized this and said, this would be a good resource to put in people's hands just for them to know how much time they're spending on certain apps and that kind of stuff. So, but I'd like everyone to ask this question right now. If Satan were to attack your time, how would he do that? That's gonna be different for everyone, of course. If Satan were to attack your time, how would he go about that? What, what is the way he would go about that with you individually? All right, how would he steal time from you? <clears throat> Personally, for me, um, I'm, I'm a bit of a news junkie. Like, I like to know what's going on in the world. I like to stay informed. But how many know there's a difference between wanting to stay informed and, like, there's being stay informed, and then there's, like, overkill, right? Like, I'll watch, you know, news and, and uh, talk radio and that kind of stuff. Um, but there is such thing as overkill. And there, I remember um, a while back, there was this particular situation going on in the world where America was getting really involved with some, some stuff overseas. And it was like, is this a good thing? Is this a, should we be involved in this? And I was thinking about the heart of God like for that situation. Are we supposed to be even involved in this? And I remember one day the Lord was like, you know, this is why you have elected officials to worry about this kind of stuff. And I really felt like the Lord was like, you spend enough time like researching this, and I need you to stay in your lane. And I, you have a calling and a purpose in your life, and there are other people who can worry about that, okay? And sometimes, whatever, even if the, the issue that you think is really important, there's still overkill. Like, you still have a lane that you have to stay in, and there are people who are responsible for certain things going on in the world. So, just take that, yeah. <clears throat> but remember, <clears throat> remember what your time binge would be. What is your major time waster? And remember, your time is a resource. Satan wants to steal your time. Okay. How to understand the purpose of the season you're in. Number three, this is kind of related to the one we just talked about, but keep an eternal perspective. Realize that you have a, a finite amount of time, okay? Like this is a limited resource for us. Psalms uh, chapter uh, 144 verse four, it says this, just talking about our state. Man is like a breath, his days are like a fleeting shadow. Your time on earth is precious, and it's a limited, precious resource. Okay? You know what makes money, like, valuable? It's the same thing that makes gold valuable. It's rare. Right? If there was, like, gold bars laying out in all the fields here, and it was everywhere, it would not be worth as much. The price of gold would go way down. It's still a, a useful metal, but if it was everywhere, it wouldn't be worth very much. If money was everywhere, growing on trees, literally it wouldn't be worth very much either. And if you had an infinite amount of time, your time wouldn't be quite as valuable. But the fact that it, time is a limited resource shows us and indicates to us that our time is very valuable. Sometimes I'll, I'm talking to people and, you know, and they'll remind me, like, my time's really important. You know, I'm like, yes, your time is important. You know what? Everyone's time is important, whether they realize it or not. Your time is important, whether you realize that or not, okay? Um, okay, so we have a limited supply of time. 
Um, let me read this real quick. James uh, chapter 4, verses 3 through 14. It says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this city, or spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Verse 14. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Think about that. Like the imagery of, of hum- humanity, the imagery of our finite time, relative to eternity, our life is but a vapor. It is, it is like here one day, it is gone the next. Okay? And just think about the way that we're spending our time. Think about the, the way that we're wasting our time. I remember... When I first moved to Greeley, I was, I was 20 years old when I moved to Greeley. It was uh, 2001, and I had a room, my roommate was 30 years old. I'm 20, he's 30, and I remember, like, I kind of referred to him as being older. And he's like, you know I'm still young, right? And for me at that time, I was like, 30, young? Like, that's, to me, that was ancient at the time. I'm like, you're old, you're 30, I'm 20, you know? He's like, you're going to wake up tomorrow and be 30, I promise you. I was like, yeah, right, whatever. I, I don't know what happened to those 10 years from 20 to 30. I remember when I turned 30, I was like, he was right. Like, those 10 years, I don't know what happened to those 10 years. And I'm, I'm 37 now, but man, I remember, I remember those 10 years just, just vanished. And, and a lot of people, you know, especially older people, they're like, man, time flies fast, right? And we're always like, yeah, right, we have plenty of time. But, but time really does fly by fast. All right, so um, in light of eternity, our lives are very finite. Very quick, we need, to, we need to recognize that. Keep an internal perspective. All right, number four, how to, real, how to understand the purpose for the season that you're in. Number four, realize that different seasons have different opportunities. Okay? Different seasons have different opportunities. There's an opportunity that you have now that you might not have later, and there's an opportunity that you have later that you don't have now. Okay, let me give you an example of this. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 29, uh, says this. The glory of young men is their strength, gray hair, the splendor of old. Okay, so there's a certain strength that your life should yield as a young person, and there are certain benefits of being older, right? Eventually, the strength of youth is replaced by the wisdom, knowledge, and perseverance of being older. Now, let me ask you a question. Which is better, the strength of youth youth, or the wisdom of being older? It's okay. You can. This is a good time for feedback. No one said youth, but I will say this. I will say this. Which is better, the strength of youth or the wisdom of being older? Listen, in some ways, the strength of youth is better, and in some ways, the wisdom the age brings is better, okay? Let me illustrate this another way. Is it better to be married or is it better to be single? Personally, I like being married. Just to be clear, I love being married, love my family. (laughs) The best thing going on in my life right now. But listen, in some ways, in some aspects, it is better to be single, and in some aspects, it is better to be married. Here, let me give you an example. There are things that I, I absolutely can't just go do on a whim right now. I can't just decide, like, tomorrow I'm going here. Like, I'm accountable to a family. I have responsibility now, right? And listen, some of you, if you're single here, some of you are so discontent in your singleness, you're actually missing out on the opportunity that singleness brings. Now listen, that will be replaced someday by the benefits of being married, but there are benefits to being single, right? And it, I give, this is an illustration I like to give, but um, when you're single, it's like you're in a small boat. And small boats churn very quickly, they can change directions 
I'm going to California, and now I'm going to Canada, you know. You could just, you can make decisions on a whim like that. When you're married, and you have a family, and a house, and all these things, like, you're in a big boat now. And big boats don't turn very fast, right? So in some ways, there are benefits to being single. Of course, there are many benefits to being married. Paul actually says, in his opinion, for the sake of ministry, and for the sake of personal devotion to God, he thinks, he thought it was better for people to remain single. All right, let me, let me read this first. Proverbs uh, chapter 5, verses 7 through 9, it says this. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Speaking of the adulterous woman. Do not go near her door, the door of her house, lest you give your best strength to others and your years to the one who is cruel. Okay, so for young people, your best, you can, it's possible to give your best strength and your years to the one who is cruel, to time, to wasting time, and to other things, okay? It's possible to give your, your best strength to others. I say all this to say, there's a harvest that God wants for you to have now, and there's a harvest that God wants you to have later, okay? Because there's a purpose for the season you're in now, and there are, there are benefits to the season you're in now that you might not have later, and it takes wisdom to understand the difference, okay? So super important for our lives, amen? All right, <clears throat> Let me, let me recap these and then I'll conclude here. How do we understand the purpose for the season that we are in? Number one, look through the lens of vision. Number, time, number, number two, view time as a tremendous resource. Number three, keep an eternal, internal perspective. Number four, realize that different seasons have different opportunities. For those of you that know me, especially my wife, I actually, I hate wasted time. I've wasted, like, seasons in my life. I think it's because I've wasted enough time to, like, hate wasted time. <laughs> like, I have seasons in my life where it's like, what was I doing? I wasted those years. I wasted that time. Um, how many of you have ever seen the movie The Notebook? Okay, terrible movie. Here's why. <laughs> Not because it's a chick flick. There are other reasons that it's a terrible movie. Well, I, it's hard for me to enjoy that movie because... They wasted, like, they were supposed to be together, obviously. Like, that was the plot of the movie. These two people are supposed to be be together. And there's, like, seven years of their life where they're off doing their own things, and he mails a letter. She doesn't get the letter because mom was hiding the letters, and he's off at war, and they didn't know that, you know what I mean? Each, anyway, they wasted this time. It's like, they could have been married. They could have been in, they're supposed to be together. Like, what a waste, you know? (laughs) Other people think it's so romantic that they end up back together. I think it's dumb that they wasted so much time. Y'all could have had kids by now, had a house. I don't like wasted time, though. Like, it, when I waste time, it, it bothers me. Time is, time is important to me, probably because I've wasted so much of it in my past. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse uh, 15 through 16, it says this. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I like the way... The King James Version actually says it actually says to redeem the time. Redeem actually means to buy to buy back. I'm like, how do you how do you buy back time? Like, you can't get time. How do you get time back? And check this out. This this commentary um, on this on this verse is pretty cool. I want to read this. <clears throat> buy up those moments which others seem to throw away, steadily improving every present moment, that you may, in some measure, regain the time that you have lost. Let it be your chief commodity. Deal in that alone. Buy it up 
and use every portion of it yourselves. Time is that on which eternity depends. In time you are to get a preparation for the kingdom of God. If you get not this time, your ruin is inevitable. Therefore, buy up the time. Okay, how do you buy up lost time? Well, this is, this is kind of a, an interesting. Obviously, we can make the most of our future, but I just want to say, if we're connected to a creator who knows the time we've wasted, who knows the things that we've done, mismanaged our time, listen, he can redeem that time. And when we're connected to him, he can redeem that time and, and bring that back for us. Let me read, I'm going to read a verse that's not in my notes here, but I thought of it during worship. Understanding the purpose for the season that you were in, okay? It takes a lot of things. It takes, you know, understanding that having an eternal perspective, it takes, um, you know, those other four, uh, three points that I gave. It takes those things, obviously, but it takes one more thing that really I, I can't give you up here. And so I'm going to read this verse and I'm going to pray this over you guys today. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 18, it says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glories. Uh, I'm sorry, the riches of his glory. Inheritance in his holy people. Okay? I pray that your eyes, the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you may know him better. All right. I want you guys to stand on your feet. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray this over you. And uh, yeah. Amen. So, Father, I thank you that, thank you, God, for every person here, God. I thank you. Um, God, I pray that we would take inventory of the precious commodity of time that you've given us, Lord. God, I pray that we would, we would look through the lens of vision, God, in our, in our lives, God. We would view time as a tremendous resource, God. We would keep that eternal perspective of time, God. God, we realize that the season we're in now has, has um, an opportunity that, it might not, that we might not have later, Lord God. But God, I ask, God, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, God, that the eyes of our heart may see, discern, and understand, God, what you're doing in our lives, God. Give us wisdom to know what you're doing in our lives and not to be distracted by um, every little thing, Lord Jesus. And so I thank you for this church, Lord God. And I thank you for the tremendous giftings and callings that every individual in this place has, Lord. And I ask, God, you would, you would give us wise and discerning hearts to know, God, the purpose for the season that we are currently in, Lord. There's a season for every individual here that they're in. There's a season as a church that we're in. God, help us to have that understanding. God, there's a season that the city of Greeley is in. And there's a season that the, the United States is in right now, God. Help us to understand the times and the seasons and what to do in all the situations, Lord God. Release that over this congregation. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.